everyone. Welcome back to a Rose and a Thorn podcast with me, Maddie, and my brother, Chris, where we discuss, I don't know no idea, what was the line? A rosy hello, everyone. <laughs> okay, that's so wonderful. I love that. We're back today to discuss a movie which we would call Suddenly 30, but apparently everybody outside of Australia knows it as 13 going on 30. How do you feel about that movie title? It really confused me when I was looking on Stan for it. Yeah, and so I looked into it. Apparently the reason was it was rebranded just in Australia because they didn't think that we would understand the title, 13 Going on 30. Really? I feel like 13 Going on 30 makes more sense than Suddenly 30. Why didn't they rename it 30 Flirty and Flirt and what is the line from it? 30 30 Flirty and Thriving. Why didn't they rename it 30? I can't say it. (laughs) So that's the tongue twister. 30 Flirty and Thriving. 30 30. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think it was that hard to read, but yeah. Props to all these actors for getting it right. And we are 30s, so this is appropriate. Yeah, we're in our 30s. I felt yeah. like there was a bunch in this movie that I could relate to as a 30-year-old and quite a lot which I went, oh, no, nah, not me, not this little black duck. I'm curious to know what you did relate to, but I guess we'll get to that soon. Excuse me, you don't think I'm 30, flirty and thriving? Are you? No, not at all. Am I? <laughs> no. Is anybody? In the midst of a panorama. No, no, we're feckin' not. I know, this Corona Panini just hangs around, doesn't it? Oh, lordy. Someone turned the toaster off. I'm sick of it. (laughs) Okay, so let's start off then on that high note. (laughs) So it opens with, and this movie had a really good soundtrack through it. It opens with the Go-Go's Head Over Heels. Did you know this song, Maddie? I knew none of the songs. Okay. And if I did know them, I couldn't have told you what their name was. Okay. Well, this is the Go-Go's, which were the first all-female band that played their own instruments to go to number one in America. And their lead singer is Belinda Carlisle. I do know how you feel about Belinda Carlisle. She was a staple during my adolescence because of you. (laughs) (laughs) You were obsessed. I have seen her twice. You were obsessed with her. I was head over heels. It would just be blaring from your room (laughs) at all times. And funnily, this is our second Judy Gear movie that we've done. She was in Jawbreaker a few episodes ago. Yes. Whatever happened to her? Did she just fall off the face of the earth? What are you talking about? She's still in things. Name one thing. She was in Arrested Development. Oh, I haven't watched that. I would probably, if you were going to, just watch the first couple of seasons. After that, it's just there. Oh, okay. But anyway, she's in that and she's delightful in that as well. Yes, she was good fun in this. I quite enjoyed her. So the movie starts with Jenna, our protagonist, getting her school photos done. And her photo doesn't turn out wonderful. But I'll tell you now, listeners, I had maybe one or two good photos all throughout my school year. You did well to get two good ones. You didn't have one at all? Not that I can remember at this late stage. (laughs) The Alzheimer's is kicking in. (laughs) You and your smooth brain. (laughs) Yes, that's what I'm known for. My smooth skin and smoother brain. (laughs) That Botox is paying off. So anyway, she gets this awful photo taken. She's really upset, so she leaves. She's in the corridor. 
and fat best friend comes over and takes a photo of her. And it looks like it's a cute photo, but we never see the actual photo. So who knows? Could have also been shit. Could have been. And apparently the actor that was playing young Matt in this was wearing a fat suit for the role. You're telling me there were no fat kids available? Also, why was it so necessary that he had to be fat then? So Matt and Jenna are in the corridor and the cool girls do their strut down the corridor. So she comes over and for some reason the cool kids like Jenna. Right? They're like friends with her, sort of? They say that they can't come to her party. They really wanted to come to her birthday party, her 13th birthday party. And they were going to invite some cool boy that she's got a crush on. Is that noise behind me or behind you? Behind me. It's just my housemate. 30 flirty and thriving. (laughs) 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 Go on. But they can't because one of their teachers has given them extra homework. Uh, Jenna, can I talk to you a tiny sec? So I told Chris Grandy me and the six chicks were going to your party tonight and he said he wanted to come with. Really? Yeah, it's too bad we can't make it because we really wanted to. Didn't we, girls? We totally did. So, so We're much. We're so sorry. Yeah, Miss Measley's totally up our butts with this group project proposal. And Chris is going to come over and help us out. So I guess he can't come either. And they were even going to bring the cool guy called Chris that Jenna's got a crush on. Ooh. So Jenna decides, I'll just do your school report for you, which we never see her doing. But also, why? Was that ever a thing? Did anyone ever do your homework besides our auntie? Our auntie. 100% our auntie used to do my homework. Yeah, but I never... But I never had to make out with her. (laughs) I'm glad that (laughs) this is not an expose on that (laughs) because I am... Join us next week when we'll be (laughs) exposing. (laughs) Oh, Lordy. We should not laugh about that, but it's very funny. (laughs) So the cool girls group name is Six Chicks, which is hysterical. Love that. And Matt, Jenna's best friend, walk home together. They have some weird lolly razzles, razzlies, and they live next door to each other. We skip over and Jenna is now getting ready and all dressed up for her 13th birthday party. Because you're right, we never see her doing any homework. She walks into her house to the song Jessie's Girl, an iconic song. Apparently she's got a crush on the singer, which I think is named Rick Springfield, and he gets brought up a couple more times. Okay. Take your word for it. You don't know Jessie's Girl? Yeah, I know the song, but I couldn't. It'd be hard for me to think of the singer and what he looks like. I don't know what he looks like. He looks like everybody in the 80s. Big mullet, tight jeans, open shirt. So me every Friday night. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like you. (laughs) (gasps) Actually, spoiler alert, listeners, I've actually gotten rid of my mullets. So that's really disappointing for everyone. The parents come busting into her room as she's like making out with the TV. <laughs> and they've got a camcorder and they're filming and that's so very funny. I think dad wants to make fun of her, but mum ushers him out of the room because Jenna's stuffed her bra. Oh, stop. Yes, we all did that. <laughs> all of us. So she has a cry on the bed to her mum and tells her mother that she wants to be 30. Which is a weird age. Because the magazine which he loves to read, Poise, it has an article in the current edition, which is called, and let me try this again, 30, Flirty and Thriving. Nailed it. A1 for enunciation. So she wants to be 30, hilarious, and 
Matt comes over and brings her a gift because, oh no, but while he's over there, he can see down the stairs. Sorry, she's downstairs and in her party and she's dancing to the thriller from the from a film clip and she knows that entire dance off by heart. And I have never been patient enough to learn dance moves. Excuse me. Learn dance moves from a film clip. That's yeah, a no, lie. Chris, I'm just going to call you, you out on your lies. No, you did. You learned them and then I learned them from you. <laughs> <laughs> I never could watch a film clip over and over again to learn the moves. I can't even do it now. I can't learn a TikTok dance. <laughs> so Maddie's just exposing herself that I taught her the dance moves to stop, to did it again. Five, six, seven, eight. Oh, yes. Another classic. What else did you teach me? Heaps of them. Uh, the the catch-up song. I said, hey, ha, hey, 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 to the hey, no word about it, to the baby. All you, baby. Thanks, Chris. Podcasts are a very, very visual meme. So everybody can see that I was doing the dance to that as you were singing that. That's okay. So was I. <laughs> so Matt has come over and he's brought Jenna his birthday present to her, which is this lovely, he calls it the Jenna dream house. And it's a dollhouse essentially that he's made for her. And it's got little photos of her in the bath, reading her magazine. And it's very cute and looks very well made. And I would be very impressed if somebody made that for me. Hence my birthday is coming. <laughs> oh okay <laughs> right I was going to say she's a touch too old but also too young for that gift someone our age now would find that very sentimental at 13 you don't want a dollhouse no that's not cool and now the six chicks arrive plus three boys slow-mo get out of some car with that blonde hair oh it's all layered and flips out oh it's awful and then Matt for some reason, was let in charge of the cassette player that they're using. And he is playing that song, Burning Down the House, which when I first heard that come over the television, I was like, that's a daggy song, isn't it? Even now, back then, that's daggy. And all the teens at the party hate it. Hate it. And by extension, Matt. Oh, this is embarrassing. That's the only song I knew (laughs) and liked, really. (laughs) I was like, burning down the house. That's a great song. (laughs) (laughs) One song that was portrayed as daggy and it's the one you like. Oh, I'll see myself out. This is fucking embarrassing. (laughs) This is only going to get worse, listeners. Matt gets booted from the party because of his Mm. apparently shit choice in music. And the six chicks decide they want to play the game Seven Minutes in Heaven. This can't be real, right? That's not a real thing. I've only ever heard of it from movies. I've only ever heard it from this movie. I've heard it in, there's definitely other teen movies where this is a thing. And I hated the description of it that uh, Lucy says to Jenna, oh, you can go, you go in the closet and then a boy comes in and does whatever he wants to you for seven minutes. Oh, they're 13. They're not going to fucking know anything. And she says, Chris loves going to second base. I don't know what that means, to be honest. I couldn't tell you what second base. I would imagine like first base would be kissing. Would second base be kissing with tongue or like over the bra action? Because she pulls out all the stuffing from her bra. Is it bra action? What's third and fourth base? Anal? (laughs) Like Like how many bases are there? I think it's four. It's a square or a diamond. So I imagine the first base would be kissing. Second would be touching boobs. Third would be 
I don't know, oral? <laughs> Fourth base must be like pegging him. <laughs> Classic 13 year olds pegging each other. <laughs> no, uh, I, it's a long time since I was a teenager. No, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I'm now going to ask people on Tinder dates if we can get to fourth base and I'll just bust out a strap on. <laughs> Look out, Newcastle. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> back to the movie. While they've blindfolded Jenna and put her in the closet, the girls take the project that Jenna's done and they take the boys and they leave. But as they're leaving, Matt comes back into the house with his Casio, which is just a keyboard around his neck (laughs) and they tell Matthew that Jenna is waiting for him in the closet and then they bail out and Matthew slowly walks into the closet and they have a weird awkward moment where they hold hands Jenna says oh Chris and Matt's like that's not me they have a weird moment she kicks him out shuts the door and starts chanting over and over, 30, flirty, and thriving. I want to be 30. Just let me play you this song, okay? It'll make you feel better. I want to be 30. 30 and flirty and thriving. 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 30, flirty, and thriving. 30 and flirty and thriving. And I think I'm sick of exposing myself in this fucking podcast already, but I have definitely spent many a nights hugging my knees saying the same fucking thing. (laughs) Recently. (laughs) Mm, Sunday, in fact. (laughs) While she's doing that, she's banging her head on the back of the closet and the doll's house, which Matt has made, gets knocked and all this wishing dust that he put all over it falls all over her and uh, she wakes up and she's old. She's so old, 30. That's ancient. Put her in the coffin already. Into the nursing home. Off you pop. She wakes up very confused. She calls out for mum and dad, stumbles around this huge apartment, which is very retro decorated. She looks in the mirror and screams at herself and then just immediately grabs her boobs for safety (laughs) and proceeds to walk around the apartment, checking it out, hands clutching titties. Some naked guy gets out of the shower, unbeknownst to her, as she like rocks backwards and forwards on the floor trying to work out what the fuck's happening. (laughs) She finds her mail, realizes it's her apartment. Her parents, when she tries to call them, uh, she gets her voicemail and they're in the Caribbean. Her mobile phone freaks her out because, I mean, it can't be a movie about time travel without technology freaking somebody out. And the naked man approaches her and keeps calling her Sweet Bottom. She's got a nice bum, but I wouldn't... It's not a Kardashian. So she just bolts from the apartment. She grabs a jacket, a purse, and just leaves. And it's, I don't know, 9am or 8am. And she gets outside and somebody, a blonde lady's calling for her. Meanwhile, she's just still wearing a nightie. She's put a jacket over the top, but it's it's not much in the way of clothing. (laughs) No, and her friend really comments on that as well and makes a statement about the outfit. Yeah, fair enough. If I could go to work in my pyjamas and get away with it, I would, but you can't. I have definitely seen people come into my work in their pyjamas. So then Jenna gets in the car with this lady who claims as her best friend. Never ask for a name. They get to work because apparently they work together and Jenna's friend gives her a pet talk. I am Jenna Rink, big time magazine editor. 
I'm a bad bitch and I'm going to walk into that office and let no one know I'm hungover. Which is a really good fucking friend comment. It's a good pick-me-up. So she works at Poise Magazine now, uh, which was the magazine that she always strived to when she was a teenager. But all around, like in the background in the city, there was a billboard for Sparkle Magazine. The receptionist in the in Poise Magazine's reading Sparkle. And I guess her assistant comes out to greet Jenna after being asked about like photos and stuff. Her assistant's like, Eminem's on the phone. He wants a decision. She's like, plain, peanut. No, plain. <laughs> that was a funny joke. She meets the boss when they have this weird meeting. Her secretary or assistant, whatever, comes in and Jenna just asks her to find Matt, gives her his number or his address or whatever. No, she just chucks it at her. Okay, yeah, she just just lob it across the room at her. And we learn that Poise is in trouble. Their circulation is down because somebody at Sparkle magazines keeps scooping them, whereas they have 10 secrets about J-Lo. Sparkle has 11 secrets, but apparently they have a party tonight. Jenna is asked a question about how she's going to revamp some bullshit. I don't know. She doesn't know how to answer the question, so she just bails. (laughs) And escapes into her office where she finds photos of her with the naked man, with Rudy Giuliani, and with Madonna. Who was Rudy Giuliani? He was the mayor of New York City when they had the Twin Towers. And so after that, he was sort of seen as like America's mayor. People really liked him. And then when he lost office, I don't know what the fuck happened. But now he is Donald Trump's lawyer. And he's a fucking crazy person. Oh, is that the one with the melty hair? Yes. Okay, I know. And he's the one that booked the Four Seasons, but the landscaping company. Hilarious. Yes, okay. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast got political. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm with you, I'm with you. Her secretary comes into her office and gives her messages. Turns out she doesn't talk to her parents. No one really likes her, but her secretary has done a really good job and has found Matt's address. And he also lives in New York. Handy as fuck. So she goes to see Matt, who lives in the village, and we're treated to the same song that opened this movie. They play it again for some reason. The Go-Go's Head Over Heels. We know that Matt's apartment is 2B whatever building. So she goes and buzzes apartment 4, to which Matt answers... He lets her in. She goes up and then knocks on 2B again. Oh, goodness gracious. That's it. Put the movie in the bin. I can't have that kind of discrepancies. (laughs) Very confusing. So he opens the door to her, realizes, doesn't really remember who she is, but then when she says that she's Jenna, he just slams the door on her face. So she sort of walks away, but he wasn't slamming it. He was just taking the safety lock off. So he lets her in. He thinks that she's on drugs because she can't remember anything. I mean, rightly so. He, She starts to, like, melt down. She has a freak out yeah. a little bit, doesn't she? Because he says that they're not friends anymore. So then she just has, like, a massive panic attack because she can't understand why they wouldn't be friends. And Matt is super kind and walks her home, which makes no sense. If he thinks this bitch is on drugs, put her in a fucking cab. She's a liability. Call an ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> Don't put yourself alone with a person that could, you know... Just stab you right steal your apartment you don't know so he walks her home and she's surprised that she doesn't go home for christmas anymore and this is when we learn that lucy is the blonde girl 
So the head of six chicks when she was a kid is now the girl that Jenna works with. Yeah, because it turns out Jenna not only became a six chick, she became the leader of the six chicks, which makes zero sense because they she killed all one like, of the make, other chicks. She, oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> makes more sense now. <laughs> because you know, while this movie was filming, Jennifer Garner, she was playing in Alias. She was the lead character then. And Alias is famous for Jennifer Garner just putting on a different wig and murdering people. So that's what she did. She just put on so many fucking wigs. (laughs) Nobody recognized her. (laughs) That was a great show. (laughs) Jenna's phone rings while her and Matt are looking at the yearbook. And it turns out she's getting a limo to this party. Matt wants to peace out of the room, but Jenna is just not reading the vibes because she keeps trying to invite him to this party. He keeps walking away so many times in this movie and she's like, Matt, Matt. That's annoying, isn't it? Let the men leave. <laughs> he doesn't want to be around you, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> so Jenna gets ready for this party and the outfit is a choice. Um, it's that iconic one that you've all seen from the covers. It's all like, geometric patterns and she's got a big butterfly necklace on and ugh. I liked it you didn't like it no look I've seen 13 year olds these days and they have better fashion than that I thought it was cute sure that's what they put her in in this entire movie it's just cutesy outfits that you think 13 year olds would choose but I reckon if you give a 13 year old a 30 year old's body they'll be like fuck this bruh bra and a g-string and i'm (laughs) strutting (laughs) yeah okay i see it gets ready to i want to dance with somebody which maddie you know that song at least please is it that i want to dance with somebody (laughs) yes whitney houston she gets into the elevator in her building to leave and just randomly starts talking to another teenager that's there yeah which again i never did that as a teenager just Struck up a conversation with another teenager. I don't do it now. When my neighbors try to talk to me in the elevator here, I just pretend I'm mute. (laughs) You are a bit of a dick. (laughs) And the teenager, they're complimenting each other. And the teenager says, oh, I like your dress. And she responds with, it's because I have these amazing breasts. Which they're not. Mm -mm. They're there, but they're not amazing. No. No, there's nothing to write. They're fine. There's nothing wrong with them. Yeah, that's it. I feel like her body is, it's a, she's good looking, but she doesn't have a, she's not a sweet bottom and she doesn't have amazing breasts. Not that we're body shaming. We don't do that here. No, she's gorgeous. She's a gorgeous woman. I did have a question for you, Maddie. Go. She also asks when she's showing the outfit, she says to the girl, can you tell I'm wearing underwear? Because I totally am. And the girl responds, I think that's the point. What what does that mean? Is she showing her underwear? It's meant to be like a visible panty line. VPL. She's wearing, because she wore that, she's wearing a G-string. So you can't tell that she's wearing underwear. Okay. And so she was making sure that you couldn't see. So you could see her sweet bottom. I don't know. It was weirdly worded. You could just see her sweet bottom. Jenna goes to this party. I don't know what the fuck kind of party it is. There's all sorts of outfits everywhere. Jenna's just eating food that's been brought out on trays and just throwing it on the ground. I've never seen a 13-year-old do that, but okay, let's go <laughs> with it, movie. I've written what I like about you. What I like about you. 
Yeah, how many times? Maybe I do know these songs. So the party is a bust. I mean, there was no entertainment. The food didn't look like it was great. I mean, if if Jennifer Garner's just chucking it on the floor. But it was an open bar, so I reckon people would still turn up regardless. The Sparkle editor, she rocks up and she's kind of snippy and rude to them. Jenna has had a few pina coladas by this point, so she's a bit tiddly. And she says to the editor, you were rude and frizzy and sloppy and I don't like you at all. <laughs> I thought that was fun. Because the party's bombing so hard, Jenna gets a great idea and she decides to play Michael Jackson's Thriller. Why? Don't fucking look at me. I didn't write the goddamn screenplay. Because <laughs> also, I wouldn't have picked it. And she gets the DJ to play this song because she knows the dance move. And I guess as soon as she turns around, she regrets this decision. But then Matt rocks up at the party. Just seeing him gives her the confidence to start dancing. She ropes him in and now the party's a raging success. Sure. Very easy to turn that party around. One choreographed dance. Mm. But during the whole dance sequence, Matt looks at Jenna and then just pieces out. He just goes, nah. And Jenna calls out to him, but he's already left, so. Oh, it was too much sexy dancing for him. That thriller, that is a sexy, sexy dance. The tension. Cut it with a knife. My bone is so big. (laughs) I've got to leave this room. Nothing turns me on more than someone in a geometric dress pretending to be a dead person. (laughs) (laughs) But Jennifer, we just see her and she's studying up on how to be a... So she's reading magazine publishing for dummies, which, I mean, it's a good start. It's a shorthand to get into that industry. Yeah, I mean, she's already in the job, so... That helps her. She's a dummy. <laughs> she is a dummy. Jenna and Lucy, Luce, sorry, who was Tom Tom, uh, they're at a bar and they have, they have like this weird friendship. Like they don't, it's like kind of frenemy, but also not. Like I didn't love it. But Lucy tells her that there's a guy checking Jenna out. So she walks and we all see this guy and he looks, he's a Tom Jones looking motherfucker. Yeah. The camera angle looks like she's going to walk over and chat to him, but instead she turns, goes to a booth where there's a 13-year-old <laughs> and starts cracking onto him. Fucking end the movie here. Arrest That's everybody. Hysterical. Arrest everybody involved in that. <laughs> Stop it. Who went? You know what's fine? Having a 30-year-old woman crack onto a 13-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that's okay? Switch the genders, and all of a sudden, <laughs> we're watching lovely fucking bones. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't remember that that much, and I was shocked. I screamed. Why is she hitting on a child? <laughs> oh no! Uh, so her friend saves her from going to jail. <laughs> And says, I wanted you to hit on this man, this guy. And she's like, oh, the old man? Gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I have tears. I have tears. <laughs> and we're not even on the funniest bit of this movie. Okay. They leave the bar. The naked man comes over. And it turns out Jenna is dating a New York ranger named Alex. Matt rocks up. Jenna's friend Lucy is a dick to him. Matt's there with his fiance Wendy. Awkward moment in shoes for all. 
but not even that awkward. I feel like Wendy, the fiance, she wasn't that concerned about anything. She mentions that they're probably going to move to another city. I forgot the name for her work because she works as a news reporter. So now Jenna has been invited back to Alex's place, or it's just assumed that she's going to go there. And she asks Lucy if she should go. Lucy's like, yeah, yeah, go have some fun. She's got something else to do. So Jenna thinks that they're going to go back to his place to play board games, really. And they get back to his house. And she's like, yeah, yeah, let's play a game. Let's play battleships. I call the red board. And he's like, I call the blue board. (laughs) (laughs) And then, (laughs) I I don't know if I can describe this bit. Maddie, go. This is my favorite part in the movie. Love this bit. So Alec or Alex, whatever, is trying to get frisky. And Jenna's like giggling and freaking out and she's not entirely comfortable. And he goes, he decides, oh, that's right. I owe you a sensual strip tease. Sensual being the key what word. What does he put on? Sensual. <laughs> What's that from Death Becomes Her? Sensual. Sexy. Sex. (laughs) (laughs) This is the ASMR portion of this podcast. Sensual. And what does he, what song does he put on, dear listeners? Nothing but the best. What song? What was it? Ice, Ice Baby, my vanilla ice. Ah! Why am I in love with this man? So he strips off to vanilla ice, ice baby. Dun, 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 dun. And It's awful. He can't dance. His body is weird. He pulls his pants off and he's in like tidy whiteies, which you've only ever seen in like like a joke shot where there's like brown skid marks. (laughs) And he says, who's got the moves on and off the ice, ice baby. I fucking screamed, Christopher. I screamed. Give this movie all the fucking Oscars. Those underwear were so ill fitted (laughs) and unsexy and dirty and oh my goodness. Jenna rightly leaves and goes and vents to her 13 year old neighbor. He didn't have Battleship, he didn't have any games at all. Boys are so stupid. Oh, Becky, it's even worse than you think. I mean, how come the ones that you like never like you? Well, you have to fight for what you want. Rule number one, love is a battlefield. Wow, that's deep. Really deep. Rule one, love is a battlefield. Which is a song, Madeline, just so you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know it because they play it 4,000 times in this fucking movie. So she goes to work and they're spitballing ideas for articles, all terrible sexist ones. When Richard comes in and says that corporate has decided that maybe the magazine needs to go through a redesign. All the other team members are quite scared of that idea, but Jenna thinks it could be a great idea to get poise more modernized. And she repeats Richard's nonsense. Yeah. Slang jargon His jargon back at him. The FOB. And B.O.B., which stands for... Oh, please, thank you. I looked it up, actually. Now I forgot it. Front of book and back of book. It's the short articles that they put, like, as a welcome in the magazine and as, like, an outro. So that's what that means. Thank you. Thank you. Every day's a fucking school day. And that's a bit of information I now know. In case you want to move into magazines, which are 30 
flirty and thriving currently. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I haven't bought a magazine since I would have been in my early 20s. Yeah. No, I wouldn't now. I don't even know if you can still buy them. I'm sure they probably exist. Every time I used to read those um, Cleo, not Cleo, Cleo was the young one. There was another one that was older. Cleo was for older people. Cosmo, Cleo and Dolly. Dolly was young, definitely. Yeah, but whenever I used to read them, you'd always get really self-conscious at the end of it. You looked like none of the women and it was it was awful. Continuing on, they leave the meeting. Jenna's assistant starts handing her, reading her all the messages that have been left. My favourite was, I hope you die in one of her casual suit pants. <laughs> that was a good one. That's a good read. Whoever, Whatever angry lady sent that in, good for her. No, that wasn't a lady. That was a, was a fucking drag queen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard that drag queen is also having a great day today. So she goes into our office and Tracy, who's someone in the office that we've never met, husband is coming in and what looks like a shiny leather suit. And greasy, oily hair. So greasy. You would cross the road to avoid him. You wouldn't invite him into your office. Mm. So he comes in and starts making out with Jenna Mm. because they're having an affair, apparently. With Tracy's husband, Tracy from the art department's husband, Charming. And he alludes to the fact that they had sex in the office last week. Then we see the assistant's point of view. She's sitting outside. You can basically see into the office. Yeah. You can see their shadows. That means the entire, everybody in the office has watched Jenna get banged by Tracy from the art department's husband. Yes, that's a lot. But they don't bang this time. Uh, She kicks him in the balls and he leaves. Yeah, after he goes, lie down and take a memo. Oh, yuck. She's the fucking editor-in-chief. She's not taking a fucking memo, you twat. (laughs) Stop it. He needs to lie down and take her memo. We're going to fourth base. Pegging. Yes, that's what I want for her. That's what I want. I want her pegging the boys. Yes, make a movie about that. So Jenna leaves the office and she's a bit upset, obviously. She's walking down and she hears Lucy having a conversation with another girl that we never get introduced to again. Probably fucking Tracy. Well, they're bitching about Jenna. If it is Tracy, fair play to her. (laughs) They're bitching about Jenna and Lucy's going to hire a photographer and those two girls are going to team up and do a project on their own and leave Jenna out of it. So she's depressed. She goes to see Matt and she asks Matt, is Wendy his soulmate? And it's revealed that they're getting married in two weeks. And he tells her that after the closet incident where she was back when she was a 13 year old, after she got out of the closet, the Jenna's dream house that he'd made for her She threw it at him and smashed it. So that's why they're not friends anymore. But did you notice that during the walk and the chat with Matt and Jenna, it was like super flirty and she's trying to like weasel into his affection? Like what a fucking hypocrite. She's just bagged out this man for buying a fucker while he's married and now she's trying to break up a marriage. Just saying, didn't. I guess 13-year-olds don't understand hypocritical yet. So she's dejected she feels that she's not a nice person she goes back to her parents place in 
wherever the fuck USA. They're not home. There's a sad montage, but then they do come home from the cruise. We see some growth from Jenna as a character. We see that she's trying to learn from her mistakes, that she wasn't in contact with her parents. And yeah, we see her growing as a person until she climbs into bed with her parents at night, like a child. Oh, I must have just not paid attention on that bit because that's a bit creepy. That's weird. That's weird. She's talking to her mum the next morning, asking if her mum has any regrets in her life. And her mum's like, you know, I don't have any things that I would change because mistakes are how you learn to make things right. Which, that's good advice, mum. That is nice advice. So while she was back home, she went through her um, yearbook and she noticed how Matt had taken all the photos and she has a bit of a brainwave, an idea moment. Ah, See, I miss that. (laughs) That's fair (laughs) enough. We can't all pay attention all the time. No. We're a TikTok generation. No. (laughs) So reinvigorated, she returns to work. She bumps into Lucy in the elevator. And Lucy says that she's working on a project without Jenna. Expecting this to be like her bam, gotcha moment. But Jenna says, I'm doing the same thing. Snap, walks out of the elevator. So we see what the big project is that she's been working on. And she's rented out a whole baseball field. Matt turns up and surprise, Matt, you're the photographer. Don't you think the photographer should have had to be involved in the like planning and the execution of a photo shoot? Yeah, absolutely. Isn't it normally their ideas? <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> their entire job is not just... They're the ones that have to take the photo? Yeah, because they don't just push a button. That's not just the entire job of photographer. <laughs> like the setting up of everything. But anyway, it's all set up. It's ready to go. Matt just has to go there with his big fat dumb fingers and push a button on the camera. The first setting is the baseball field. Then we go to like a prom setting, a dance. A Jenna and Matt have an unprofessional dance in fake snow. Like he's been hired to do a job. But he stops doing it and pulls Jenna to slow dance in the middle of fake snow. Yeah, so he pulls her. He's very professional, actually. He pulls her off because the models that they've got, they're not dancing well enough. See, Jenna knows thriller dance moves. So he uses her to show the models how to dance properly for his photo. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. To be honest, I was not invested in their relationship at all. The Jenna and Matt relationship could definitely leave it because they kept portraying her and making us very aware that she was 13, that I I didn't like the fact that he was falling, him as a 30-year-old was kind of falling in love with her because I was like, no, but she's a child, man. But that's what men want, isn't it? The body of a 30-year-old, the brain of a 13-year-old. And that's why I'm single, because I'm the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) I've got the body of a 13 year old and the mindset of a 30 year old (laughs) do you have the mindset of a 30 year old love no you're right i'm dad i'm a 64 year old man i'm worse (laughs) anyway i don't need therapy you need therapy uh jenna and matt have a really cute moment jenna asks him out on a date because they're gonna celebrate all the photos being done or whatever and They're playing on the swing set and whoever jumps the furthest has to pay or some dumb shit. I don't know. Point of the story is they kiss on the ground. It's not okay. No, he immediately feels bad about it. 
And then the next scene is Jenna with her gaggle of 13-year-old friends that she's somehow accumulated. Where did they come from? Who approved this? Where did she find them? I have questions and I'm terrified. (laughs) So she's framing it as being a love story. And then when they ask why they're not going to see each other again, she's just like, well, it's complicated. Yeah, bitch, he's engaged. But then they jump on the bed to love as a battlefield. It's very cute. I read somewhere that the director of this movie didn't want this scene to be included at all. And he was forced to include the scene of Jennifer Gardner with the teenagers dancing and having fun. And now apparently it's his favorite scene. I, I think it's it's a fun scene to watch them all just having fun, but it does raise so many questions. She doesn't know these children. Why have their parents charged her with looking after them? She's not responsible. If this movie is meant to be in like modern era, why would they think it's okay to have that many teenagers over at someone's a house that they don't know? A childless person? No. No. I draw the line there. She can make out with 13-year-old boys at the bar, sure. But that many girls in the house, no. <laughs> oh, you're right. This movie is fucking problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Point of the story from then on in is the photos look good and everyone's so excited about it. The assistant, she's invited to go see them. The boss is upset because he's usually involved, which I guess is sort of, again, Jenna's growth is that she's allowing other people into her life. Lucy, she's doing her presentation for the redesign of the magazine and it is heroin chic. It is goth, punk, emo, cool, skinny bitches. I love all of the words that she uses to describe. Heroin (laughs) as a positive. Look at heroin chic, where this is overdose and death, fashion, suicide. Like, it's fucking a lot. I love it. And the photos that she was putting up, we're meant to hate them, but they're kind of cool. It's kind of funny. It's outhouse, isn't it? Yeah, it's really like what you would see in Newtown plastered on the bathroom doors. Yeah, it's the locals. Yeah, <laughs> the heroin <laughs> chic overdoses. <laughs> but... Nobody else in the presentation room, they don't have our ironic sense of humour, so they don't like it. Jenna rocks up late. She's nervous and she's got poster boards which behind her, which are basically just Lucy's presentation printed out. She flips them over and now it's all her romanticised high school prom graduation yearbook fantasy. And there are now like 100 people in the room cheering her on. For what? They're just generic... Pinterest photos now, really. Jenna's boss, Richard, makes a comment if Matt is Arthur or Martha. Mm. And Jenna's like, oh, what does that mean? He's like, oh, is he gay? She's like, oh, are you gay? And then they just laugh awkwardly and cut scene. And and I don't know what it was just like, oh, are you gay? (laughs) And scene. So now Lucy, she's mad because her presentation flopped. So she breaks into Jenna's office and starts rifling through her desk. She finds a letter and then calls the editor at Sparkle to speak to her immediately. 
Matt turns up at the office, finds Lucy in there, and Lucy's a bitch to him again, and tells Matt that Jen has decided to go in a different direction, they won't be needing his work anymore, and if he could just sign a general release, goodbye. Why did Matt fall for that? Yeah, why is she a bitch to him? They're 30. It's been 17 years. I mean, she doesn't have any reason to be nice to him. They're not friends. Yeah, but... Yeah, yeah, I agree. Some decency is normally expected. Considering later on in the movie what she does, I'm like, wouldn't you want to be nice to him? No. So I guess why she's mean to him, I've just figured it out, is so she gets him to sign the general release of the photos. She then steals the photos so she doesn't have to pay him any more money and gives them to Sparkle. So she gets all the credit. Ah, she's an evil genius. Evil genius. But what if she, what if Sparkle wants to hire him to do that kind of good work again? She's his boss. Okay, fair enough. That makes sense. She's deadly serious. <laughs> ah, you fucking got me on that one. Jenna is at home getting dressed up to go on her not date with Matt. She walks through, she gets rained on. It's all like over the top enthusiasm. Like she's walking down the street. She sees all the sparkle magazines up on a stand and she moves them so that Poise magazines first. She gets rained on and she just <laughs> laughs in the rain and rocks up to Matt's house looking like a drowned, harassed rat. And um, his fiance opens the door. Yeah, Wendy, she came back early from, I think, Chicago. She can't see Matt, so she goes back to work. The meeting that she's got uh, the next day for her presentation is cancelled because Richard tells her Lucy stole all of Jenna's ideas and gave them to Sparkle. Now she's the editor-in-chief at Sparkle. Now Jenna's world has completely crashed around her, so she's moping down a street in New York. Bus drives past with Sparkle's poster with all of Matt's photos on it. You think it would take time to get them on the buses, like to get the sizing for the buses, to get them printed, get them on there? You'd have to get it to Sparkle. You'd have to get it approved by Sparkle. Then you would have to print them. Then you'd have to get them to somewhere that could make them for a bus. Then you'd have to get the bus drivers to have them. Then you'd have to time that bus to drive down the street that she was walking down. But it happened. We've seen it on camera, so it happened. Fucking witches, I'll tell you what. (laughs) We didn't think there would be witches in this episode, but there were. Obviously. I thought when um, Jenna was like staring at this bus, she looked so upset. I was like, Bitch is going to jump in front of that bus. That's how she's going to get back to being 13. <laughs> she's going to mean girls it and just dive in. But she doesn't. No, instead she just hails a cab correctly for the first time. And Maddie, you'll never guess who the cab driver is. Oh my God, who? Well, do you remember when she was a teenager and she used to have this gigantic crush on that boy Chris? Sure, but I think his name was Craig. Well, now my whole world's upside down. I'm sure it's Chris, but I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down Craig. I thought it was Chris Grady. But I'm sure I've written down Craig for this. Ah, who cares? Chris it is. Let our listeners sort that jumble out. Oh, anyway, spoiler alert. He was the driver. <laughs> she jumps out of the cab and she runs back to her parents' house, which is in New Jersey, we just learned. I don't know how far she had to run. She turns up. She's not dripping in sweat, so maybe it wasn't that far. And it is Matt's wedding day. She's rocked up at the wedding day. 
Yeah, because she's going to break up the wedding of Matt and Wendy. I don't agree with this, Chris. It was messy and I wasn't sure the first time I watched this how the movie was going to dig themselves out of this because this is messy. She sneaks into his parents' house and um, just confesses her love for him, Matt, and how she wants to be with him. And Matt does the honourable thing and shuts her down. I mean, not quite hard enough because he says, you don't always get the dream house, but you get awfully close. Oh, Matt. That is just something every neckbeard has ever said. (laughs) Right? Matt. 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 I mean, I guess he did the right thing. He shut her down. I mean, it's his fucking wedding day. You're a coward if you just ran out, Matt. But he reveals that he rebuilt the Jenna dream house. And again, she sneaks out of the house without anybody noticing her lugging around this huge dream house. Goes back into her. Yeah, she goes to her parents' house, starts crying on the porch. Wind blows, the magic dust reappears, and she wakes up 13 again. Yep. She busts out of that closet, knocks Matt over, pushes him to the ground, kisses him. He goes, wow, you really know what you're doing. (laughs) Now, listeners, um, I'm not sure if you've kept tally of how many people that Jenna has kissed in this movie, but it's two because she never kisses Alec, the boyfriend. She kisses the weird, sleazy, leather-clad man, and she kisses Matt. So Matt just likes the way that he kisses, really, essentially. Apparently. <laughs> she taught he taught her everything that he knows and she taught it back to him. Yeah, in their one kiss in the park in the dirt. They she decides to take him somewhere. As they're marching up the stairs, Lucy comes down because she forgot something. She just spills Lucy's drink all over her and says, You can be both the kettle and the pot, which is a callback to something she'd said to her before. Flash forward, it's their wedding. They've bought a horrible pink house and they sit on the couch in the front yard. The end. Yeah, they're married, but they're, they've flash forward to when they're 30. So am I supposed to believe that if they got together when they were 30, they waited until they were 30 to get married? Like, is that what I'm supposed to believe? Yes. Sure. 17 years together. It was a cute movie. It was a fun movie. I think I would have liked it, the ending, maybe a little bit better because we did see a lot of growth from Jenna. I don't know why she ended up with Matt still. He was her true love. Sure. I wasn't sold during the movie. I'm not going to be sold now. (laughs) (laughs) I laughed a lot more than I thought I would. I liked it as well because, you know, it passes the Bechdel test and it's not just about oh, you have to be in a relationship. They showed her also succeeding at work and healing her relationship with her parents. So it had a little bit more substance than a lot of other movies. Okay, so this is going to be our, uh, <laughs> our the most important part of this podcast. Yes. The only reason people listen to us to find out who is the rose and who is our thorn. Would you like to do the honours, Maddie? Sure. Am I putting you on the spot? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So I've picked my rose. Yes. This isn't going to be a surprise for anyone. Uh, it's Alex's strip dance to oh, no. Vanilla Ice <laughs> Ice Baby. <laughs> I shouldn't be sexually aroused, but I am. And that is something that I'm going to have to live with for the rest of my life. <laughs> was it his dirty underwear? I think it was everything. Look, he was 
He had a pet shark in the same room. True. There was just a lot happening, and I loved it. Just that one scene. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give my rose to the soundtrack. Oh, okay. I thought this had a lot of fire songs that I wasn't expecting. It had Madonna, Rick Springsteen, Whitney Houston, The Go-Go's, Pat Benatar. I thought the soundtrack was the part that really held the movie together. Okay, that does make sense because you did make a lot of comments on that. Yeah. That's true. (laughs) Also, anything with Belinda Carlisle in, you are just giving all the fucking awards to. (laughs) Just take my money. (laughs) Time me up. I'll take two, please. (laughs) All right, so the thorn. To be honest, there weren't that many terrible characters in this. No, there really wasn't. There were just some questionable moments. Yes. I think I've got one. It's right at the beginning when the six chicks rock up. This bitch, I swear to you, she's she's 13. We know she's 13. Her t-shirt has annoyed me for this entire time. And it's pink. And then it has like weird straps across. And there's so many of them. But they're like belt loop straps. I can't describe it. You'll all have to go and watch it. It's within the first... <laughs> Five minutes, you'll be right. It's on stand for free. You can you can watch it, guys. This shirt has pissed me off because it's so ugly. It makes no sense. And why the fuck would any cool person wear that? No. I wonder which six chick it was that was wearing it. Because you know one of them is Brie Larson. Is it? One of the like teenagers. It was Brie Larson. So we'll have to rewatch now to find out if that was Brie Larson wearing that. <laughs> My thorn of this movie, it is 100% got to be Richard, their boss. Oh, really? I think he's lazy. He's scared of change. He doesn't like when he's not involved in things. The comment about Arthur or Martha really grinded my gears. I'm not convinced that he was British. (laughs) I think he was faking that accent for clout. The bad dye job. Everything about him, I was not convinced that he would be an editor of a fashion magazine. I get, I get you. Also, why would you, if you have anything to do with fashion, be commenting on people's sexuality? Isn't it just a given? Absolutely. Like that's what happens in fashion magazines. So you're always going to get people who are more gender and sexually fluid because they're probably more creative than fucking heteronormatives. And we've got better terms than Arthur or Martha. What decade are you living in, bro? Absolutely. Okay, so it's not Brie Larson, the one I'm thinking of. No. She looks so cute, Brie Larson. (laughs) Doesn't she? Oh. But you see the shirt I'm talking about? I fucking, I hate it. (laughs) We'll post that on our Instagram later. Yeah, I'm going to just describe it better for the listeners. There's a green middle panel and then there's pink sleeves. Mm. And then it just has a strap with a button going from the right to the left side. And it's, they're just alternate colours and it's awful. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, I see that point. Now that it's in front of me, I can definitely see that point. <laughs> well, listeners, this will mark the end of season one of Rosenthorn Podcast. We're going to take a short break just to regroup and get some new 
episodes together before we come back in a couple of months from now. We just want to thank everybody for everybody's support so far. And this isn't goodbye. We're just on vacation. Yeah, we're just having a little holly bops. We've earned it. We've worked <laughs> really hard. We have. We've put a lot of time and energy into this. I mean, I love it. Like, yeah, for a casual podcast, I've spent a lot more money on this than I ever expected. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. So, yeah, keep those suggestions coming. We're still going to, we've got a lot of things coming up for Instagram. And until then, uh, Rosie, see you soon. I didn't know how to end that. <laughs> uh, so this is just a, yeah, a little thorny farewell. Oh, Don't forget to email us at a rose and a thorn podcast at gmail.com. And follow us on Instagram at Rose Thorn Podcast.